What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode six here of the Breaking the Plane podcast. Start off here again, reminding all of you that we are brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. Check them out on the X machine or Twitter machine at Primetime Prods. Also on their their website, primetimeproductions.net. As always, plenty of content there, written podcasts across all major sports in the uh, in North America here. So be sure to give them a, uh, a check out, continuing to grow on a uh, daily basis over there at Primetime. So uh, we're thankful to be part of their network and uh, bringing you some, some good content here going forward. I'm, as always, your host of the BTP Podcast, Burge, here with my very, very friendly, calm, in a great mood today, co-host Joe Schur, and our BTP producer, the mediator, Brennan Kojak Allen. What's going on, fellas? I hate how you say my full name. I'm always going to say it, it, man. You say Kojak. Brennan Kojak Allen. Nobody calls me Brennan. My mom doesn't even call me Brennan. So what's up, Kojak? I'm calling you Brennan. You, you, right before we started recording, you, you dropped my first name here. No one ever uses my first name. Because so. you yelled at me. Well, it's going to continue. <laughs> What's going on? Wow. The first argument between Kojak and Burge was, uh, I think, plus 5,000 on the uh, BTP Oddmaker book. Uh, we had Joe and Burge at minus 5 million, and uh, somehow it didn't hit. hit Someone made a lot of money off us. <laughs> It wasn't well, me. Yeah, right. Well, we got a good one in store for you today. If you follow uh, follow all three of us on on Twitter, you saw us kind of going off about the Patriots this week. There'll be a topic of discussion as always here on the BTP podcast later on in the episode here. But we got some great content for you breaking down week eight in the NFL. A lot happened. A lot went on. A lot of stories to to get into. We'll also be sure to recap our picks from last week as well as give you again some more picks to either slam or fade depending on which way you want to go here at the end of the episode so just slam the btp boys just one rule is just slam the boys slam all your homies you know what i mean just slam your homies absolutely absolutely cannot agree more cannot agree more <laughs> uh what do you say you want to just get right into it we can uh, get save some time on this recording for for some fun arguments later on you want to get right I'm ready into to it? go I'm all right go. first game we want to talk about this week was over in Germany, the Miami Dolphins taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, who were the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a home game for them. Um, final score, 21-14, Chiefs over the Dolphins. Lots to talk about here. But first I want to bring up, did you see the report about the Chiefs choosing this game to be a, their this, this game to be the one that the team plays in Germany simply because they didn't want their fans at Arrowhead booing Tyreek Hill? Did you guys see that report? I didn't see that, but I don't know how I, some of those some of those new accounts with uh, Elon's new Twitter, the the uh, the the social media formerly known as Twitter. I don't know. I don't know how much I trust them. Um, I do get it, but like I don't know. What I thought you were gonna say was the numbers this game did, dude. It was like nine nine million concurrent viewers, which is like a really huge, it's like an absolutely astronomical number for like nine o'clock on a Sunday morning. Like more than the World like, Series. More than the World yeah. Series did. Yeah, which is pretty impressive for like the I mean football like Sunday in America is for like religion and football and like most people are participating in religion at 9:30 and then they wait until one to do football so I think it's pretty uh pretty impressive that I mean you have a 9:30 game 
I mean, half the country is probably still in bed and you're doing 9 million, uh, 9 million concurrent viewers, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it, it absolutely helped that you had two of the best teams going into the week For in sure. the AFC playing each other over there. Probably one of the better matchups that, you know, you've seen come into play overseas. A lot of those times, those games that are played in London and Germany are, are kind of like, yeah, maybe there's some mismatches going into the matchups. I mean, we got one, you know, you got a pretty pretty dumpster fire game coming up this week over there in Germany that we're, we'll, we'll talk about later on. But, yeah, I mean, this game, I think it, it proves, you know, I don't know who you, who you want to say it says more about, but, I mean. It says way the, more about the Dolphins, dude, I think. Yeah, it was like, dude, we were talking the other week about how when the when the Patriots got down one point or one touchdown, we're like, it's over, dude. As soon as that, as soon as that kind of first quarter kind of transpired there, dude, I I I wanted to put everything I could, I, all my liquid assets on the Chiefs. I just don't think the Dolphins have. I don't know what I don't. I don't know if it's two or just McDaniel's system. They just don't have the facilities to come back from a deficit, especially to a to a defense that's rolling like KC's right now. Absolutely, and um, I'm sure you've seen. The stats. I don't think the Dolphins have beaten a team this year that's ha- that has a winning record in the NFL. They've lost to three of them. They've lost three of them, and you know they've they've they beat up on the bad teams and they've lost to the good teams. I mean, we've heard this story up here in New England plenty of times in the past with uh, with the Patriots, and yeah, I I think the Chiefs' defense like they they showed up. I mean, they limited the best te- the best offense you know to date in the NFL this year to 14 points, and they were all in the second half. They were shut out in the first half of this game. And it was the first time the Dolphins had been shut out in the first half of a game. And like, I think it was like six or six or seven years that oh, they wow. hadn't been shut out. And, you know, given the talent that the Dolphins have on the offensive side of the ball, that's, that's pretty mind boggling. And I'm right there with you about, about the Miami Dolphins. I think this was kind of a game where they got exposed. I, they, they were my favorite, to, one of my favorites to go into the AFC Championship game before this week and after this week, and you know some of the other games that we'll talk about later. I don't know if I if I'm if I want to want to even touch that at this point. I just think that yeah, I I I, I totally agree about like kind of being shake this game being finally the one that shakes you, even though you kind of we, we, we've been seeing the writing on the wall about the Miami Dolphins for almost want to say the last year and a half, going even back to last year when they were beating up, we're dropping fifty points on bad teams, dropping seventy points on bad teams this year. But uh, I mean, the scariest thing here is, dude, the the Chiefs didn't have that great in an offensive day and they still won this game very handily. I know it only shows as like a seven point win, but I, I mean, I don't think, I think this game was in, was in the bag from the first quarter. I think the chiefs were in control of this game for a majority of the game and they're doing it in a totally different way than they're usually, usually this is a high power, high powered, very efficient mm-hmm. offense where, I mean, you, you saw the bills had them on the ropes 14, they had 14 seconds to go make a play and they, and they did it. They went 60 yards in 14 Love seconds, it. It, but <laughs> I know I was bringing up a good memory for you, but yeah, I just think it's so, I think it says uh, uh, something about the, uh, the chiefs here to be able to, I don't want to say turn over their roster, but kind of maybe tweak to kind of lean into kind of their strengths on their roster. Now they really don't have, like a number one corner, like a number one, like shutdown corner. They don't have like 
a Micah Parsons or TJ Watt. I mean, they do have good defensive line pieces, but they don't have, they don't have like a true game wrecker. But mm -hmm. I think that the fact that they're well, well rounded at all three levels, I think the fact that they've been, they have some continuity, they've been playing together for a, a, a couple years now. And I think that goes a long way, especially when you're playing uh, with the confidence of having Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on the other side of the ball. Absolutely. And I, Steve Spagnuolo is a fantastic defensive coordinator. I mean, he's, he's, he's been around the league a long time. Us Patriots fans are very, very much familiar with Steve Spagnuolo from his time with the giants back in the, you know, the late two thousands, early 2010s. So he, he finds a way to just, you know, get his guys to play for him. The, the offensive side of the ball for the chiefs, they're finding ways differently there to, to win too. I mean, Travis Kelsey had 14 yards in this game. Like three receptions for 14 yards. No receiver on the Chiefs had more than 35 yards in this game. And granted, the Chiefs didn't even score in the second half. They were up 21 nothing at the half, and they won 21 to 14. So their defense carried them in that second half of the game. There were some moments where it was like, eh, maybe this is going to be a game the Chiefs are going to blow. But at the end of the day, they they locked it down. And you know the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Like you said, the defense can play. You know, with a certain level of aggressiveness, a certain level of edge knowing that they have that guy on the offensive side of the ball that where if they, you know, they play a little bit too aggressive and they, you know, make a mistake and it results in a point that they have a guy on the offensive, offensive side of the ball that can go out and drive down the field in 40 seconds to, to, to score to either tie a game or win a game. Yeah, it's probably it's probably pretty freeing going out there knowing that you could kind of, excuse me, you could kind of just like play. And you have a guy on the other side that always like bail you out. So I mean, I, that's probably how a lot of people and a lot of defenders in New England felt over the years. Absolutely. But I mean, dude, Mahomes, Mahomes should be like, I don't care, I don't care how this sounds, but Mahomes should be giving you the same kind of feelings that he's that dude. He's cool, calm, collected. He's great in the clutch. He's a great teammate. He's a great professional. He's a great person. Like you just know, there's I. A lot of people hate on Mahomes, and I think it's more the Mahomes adjacent shit with like his wife and his and his family and all mm -hmm. that kind of bullshit that comes along with him. But him on the field and him as a guy is like unbelievable. But you were saying how like uh, the Chiefs' offense was just figuring out a way to get it done, dude. They, I was looking at it over here, dude. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight receivers with multiple receptions, dude. And they have one, two. They have eight receivers with multiple receptions and completions to nine different receivers. Like with a with a with a almost ten yard uh, average on those receptions, like that's that's getting it done. That's like that's it goes. I think I said it in one of the first podcasts. There's two ways to build a team. You either have unbelievable weapons and a quarterback that's good enough, or you have a fucking elite quarterback with good enough weapons. And KC's just uh, just an absolute masterclass on the ladder. They have a bunch of young guys, and I think one or two like solid veterans i mean they brought hardman back he kind of didn't have the best game but still he's catching the ball on three three catches on three targets you know what i mean um so they kind of have a good mix there they a good mix of being able to run the ball uh they average under four yards to carry here but still they're able to give isaiah pacheco 16 16 carries for 60 yards so uh they're well balanced and i think that's just not on offense i think that's on all three phases of the game um yeah the chiefs are scary dog i think that um I don't think we gave them enough respect last week when we were doing our uh, predictions and superlatives. I think that uh, we got caught up in a little bit of a recency bias, but I don't think there's a single kind. I don't think there's a single kind of universe that Miami could go into Arrowhead and beat them in the playoffs. I don't think. I don't think that universe exists.
Nope. I, I agree. Arrowhead's a very tough, to, tough place to play in, in the playoffs. And yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. The, the weapons that they have, everybody thought that this, this year they were going to fall off. They have shown, you know, a dip in offensive production, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if your team is playing complete complimentary football and, you know, you're, you're, you're driving at a seven and two record right now, yeah. just past the midway point. So definitely a team to continue to watch. Maybe a team that the, the BTP guys here will, will give a little bit more respect when we revisit, we revisit our midseason playoff predictions here in a couple of weeks. So be, uh, be sure to be on the lookout for that. I do want to touch on and move on. If you've got nothing else to talk about these guys here, I want to touch on another team from the AFC West and that's the, Las Vegas Raiders, a team that is in a completely different spot that the Kansas City Chiefs are in. They did get a win this week, a big win against a very bad team in the New York Giants. 30-6, to Daniel Jones tore his ACL in this one, so he's out for the year. Um, but th- that's not even the biggest storyline. The biggest storyline here is Josh McDaniels getting fired by the Las Vegas Raiders ahead of this game and Antonio Pierce being named the interim head coach. What are your thoughts? On former the team. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I guess, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. Blew that whole thing up. No, you're good. Uh, no, I, I, I think we, we had a question earlier in the year from one of the primetime guys about this. And I didn't think, I didn't think, I, I didn't think uh, Mark Davis had the balls or the wallet to do this. Uh, I think that to be totally honest, I think that, um, Pierce is going to be the he's probably going to be the coach going forward here for probably a little bit before we can kind of recoup some of that uh some of those lost dollars there um but you even had a there was the Devontae Adams and one of the other uh Raiders players was at a uh, NBA game the following night or a WN it might have been no it was an NBA game mm-hmm. the following night and the ref came up to him and said hey guys how you doing hey I was at the 50 yard line like congrats on the win and then Devontae was like oh how was the vibe blah, blah, blah. or uh the guy was like oh how is it going like since he's like dude the vibe's way different like can you tell like can you tell on the field and stuff like that and like I totally get like I hope nobody's like oh that's like revisionist history it was like no dude like if you have like having a bad boss or having a bad manager doesn't matter how it doesn't matter if you play a sport for a living or pack pack shelves for a living it's still gonna suck no matter mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing if you have a bad boss it's gonna suck so I totally feel for him there and the only notes I had about this game I think I left it in the uh, the group document but it was like I really don't have much but both of these teams kind of suck but I think the Raiders had a little bit more motivation and a little bit more to play for this weekend, which was what kind of the main deciding factor. Mm-hmm. Also, we're getting an unbelievable day ball lip reading moment every week now. Dude, that offensive lineman was coming off the field. He just looks at him. He goes, what the fuck? Just looks at him right in the face. Just goes, what the fuck? It's just just an unbelievable moment from uh, from Dayball. So I appreciate him making this game a little bit more exciting than it, than it should have been. But yeah, I think – Classic addition by subtraction. Classic motivation by uh, motivation by firing your leader and kind of galvanizing behind that. I think Antonio Pierce might fall into maybe the motivator category, the player coach motivator cat, uh, the former player turned coach kind of motivator category for now. Um, but yeah, I I don't know where McDaniel's goes from here, man. I, there's no way there's no way a, an owner could justify hiring him again. There's there's just no way. I think this was his swan song for for being a head coach in in the NFL. I mean, he was a disaster in Denver. He had that whole debacle with the Colts when he took took the job and then bailed on the job to stay in New England. And now he goes here, 
to Las Vegas and has another situation where it's just it just fell apart. I do want to say this, and I, it's not going to be a defend Josh McDaniels moment, but a year and a half seems like a quick trigger to pull when you hire a coach. And it's a trend that's been seen across the league, you know, with, with hiring some of these head coaches that don't work out early on in their, in their tenures where they just, the quick thing is just get them out. It's like, dude, a lot of these guys need multiple years to install what they want to do. And I'm not saying that Josh McDaniels, even if he had that time was going to be able to, to succeed and, and actually build something. But, it's a trend where they don't give these coaches a lot of time. If they don't, they don't show, show significant improvement in a year, a year and a half, they're out the door. And that's why a lot of these owners are stuck paying these coaches salaries for, for five, six years, because they give them a five, six year contract when they hire them. And then they, they walk them out the door. That's, I mean, look at it. That's why that's part of the reason why Mark Davis has, has such problems financially and why probably Tom Brady was brought in as a, as an owner of that team because he oh, needs money. Yeah. He needs money. And, you know, I, I want to see some of these coaches like Brian Dayball is a perfect example. His, he was coach of the year last year. His team this year is an absolute dumpster fire. They are terrible. They just lost their quarterback for the year for an injury. And if the Maras in, in New York fire him because of this, I think it's a, I think it's colossal mismanagement. Like you can't, you can't expect a guy to, to, to do this after two years, like after two years, I, I can't, I can't do it. And I, it's a trend that has been present across the league with a lot of these teams that are, are they're, they're pulling the trigger way too early. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it, it, it seems to be why some of, you know, again, why Mark Davis himself is in such like a financial hole. I, I agree with the reasoning, but like, there's obviously like everything comes with nuance, right? There's a sliding scale. There's mm -hmm. a spectrum of everything, right? There's not, not every issue is black and white. Um, I do agree that I don't think a year and a half was enough to put hit a, a operation in place, but I think you could probably, I mean, it's two full drafts, right? Two full off seasons, two full drafts. Um, you can make probably a pretty good assessment on one of those drafts already, probably a decent assessment on the other draft. Um, so I, I think the fact that he cleans house means more about the fact that I don't think the, the, the system was catching roots. I think that if, if it was actually starting to work, I think it would be going the other way. Like maybe you would be two and seven last season and then maybe have a winning record this season or like have a, have a tough start of the season and then rip off like four or five in a row. I think that you, I think owners want to see it, it may, maybe not, maybe not perfection, but progress in that sense. Um, not to be too cliche, but you're completely right. A lot of these coaches, I mean, a lot of these franchises are suffering cash flow wise from, from, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be boohoo for billionaires here, but mm -hmm. I think it does affect the product on the field at some point when you're changing regimes, regimes uh, so often, not letting your, your, your program take roots. And then you're also probably not as willing to spend on free agents and spread, spend and guaranteed money when you're paying three coaches and you're on the hook for 20 million just behind the bench. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. I think the Raiders are in a, uh, actually a decent spot, to be totally honest. Um, they have a lot of talent. Did. Yeah, they have a lot of talent, and I think that I think that's a team that could benefit. 
I think that's a that's a that's a talented team that could benefit to believing in something collective and pull everybody pulling in the same direction. Because I think that's the number one thing with talent, right? You can you can load all these teams up with all the talent you want, and I think that's why. McVay was such a great coach for that souped up Rams team is because he's a he's a guy that people connect with. He's a motivator. He's a very empathetic, understanding dude that can he's a young guy that can identify with these players. I don't think if you I mean, I think Andy Reid is like the perfect quintessential like he's a chameleon dude he doesn't he does he knows exactly what he's good at he's like don't give me any gm powers don't give me any of that bs you know what i mean like just give me the play sheet give me the give me give me a ceo role over the rest of the team and then i'm gonna put a bunch of other people in place so like there's coaches but i think that this this raiders team could really benefit from a, a coach like they, they like their interim coach now and uh did you see the uh, the rumor that came out of the players only meeting where Antonio Pierce was like basically like saying like like yo we took down like the undefeated Patriots like because he was on the 07 uh-huh, team yeah yeah he was like let's we could like if we believe in it like you can do anything like showing him he's like he's like if you believe in something you can do anything and then using the 07 Giants team in the Super Bowl as like an example and I guess when all the players left and all the coaches were left McDaniel's went to Pierce and he was just like don't ever talk about the Patriots that yeah way. I saw that yep. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't know if that I don't know if that's true or not, but that's some like next level like defensiveness from McDaniel's dude. Like you weren't well, even the head coach of that team. Like it's you're just an OC. Like you could you could skate on that whole thing. Like even so, even so, you want to you want to say that to a team that is pissed off with their head coach that came from the Patriots and they're talking about taking down the Patriots. That's going to motivate that team. It, the Raiders themselves are a perfect example of what you just said because they've already done it. They did it with when John Gruden was fired and Rich Bisaccia came in that the year before McDaniels. They got he got that team to the playoffs. They True. got their they got they got stomped in the playoffs by KC, but like he got them there. And then that that seemed like a guy that that team was willing to play for, ready to go. And then they hired McDaniels, and it all and, and the wheels fell off. So I I totally agree with with pretty much everything that you just said there. Uh, you want to move on to another team that that's a uh, kind of a shit show here, you know. You want to move on to yeah. it? Are you ready? Let's hop from dumpster fire to dumpster fire here. Take it away. All right. Um, <laughs> so I want to start playing that Sarah McLaughlin song. In the arms of an angel. Yeah. Commanders 20, Patriots 17. Um, Copyright. The <laughs> Patriots suck. The Commanders suck. This game sucked. Sam Howell might suck. I hate how everybody was sucking his dick after this game. Um, the third and 23 scramble, maybe buy a new Vizio for the eighth straight week. It's just it, – there's so many things to get angry about that I'm almost happy to get angry. Like there's so many things that like I want to bitch about. There, there's there's so much – there's so much bitching to be had here. There's so much bitching to be had. You you have a nepotism defense that can't get off the field against a fucking rookie co- a, a, a rookie quarterback and 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 you can't you can't you can't score more than 17 points on a team that traded their best two players. Best two players. Not uh, maybe maybe Terry McLaurin, but you trade your best two players and you still can't score more than 17 fucking points. Are you fucking kidding me? Kayshawn Booty can't get his foot down in week 1 and now you won't dress him in week 8? Are you fucking kidding me? Week 9? Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously, 
It doesn't make any fucking sense anymore. There's no young, there's no young development of talent. There's absolutely no accountability for the horrible position that the coach put the team in. And it's like every fucking week, it's the same thing. We're in a position to win the game in the fourth quarter. We can't fucking do it because we have a fucking dilapidated Nissan Altima on three fucking tires as an offense. We don't have a Ferrari. There's Ferraris all over the goddamn league. And I'm, I'm going to work in a Kia Sorento. It's so annoying, dude. Man, get that clip, get that clip tool ready. Get that clip tool ready. That was an epic Fucking rant. Kia Sorento. I'm so mad, dude. It doesn't. It just. It's 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 almost it's almost like they do the they they're like okay this is the right thing to do let's do the opposite and see if it still works like let's draft a fucking let's draft a rookie receiver and then when every fucking receiver that we fucking have either sucks or is hurt let's fucking not dress him. Let's not dress them. Let's have 17 players on the active roster that only take one fucking special team snap. They don't take a single offensive or defensive snap. Let's dress them and not dress the fucking kid out of LSU that has a bunch of fucking upside. No, no, no. It, it's it's insanity, dude. It is insanity, dude. And you have you have a glimmer of hope. You have number 38 running down the field. Dude's bouncing off him, him looking like Barry Sanders in the open field. And then it just comes crashing down to earth. You finally get the you finally get the piece of your offense going and running. Even Juju on the last drive had a couple good receptions. He had one diving reception to his left, double clutched it. And then the, the like in typical Patriots fashion, you're in a position to tie that game. You're in a position to maybe even win that game. And you make a mental error. You make a mental drops are mental errors. Mac throwing in the middle of the field during that time of the game is a mental error. You're compounding mental errors. Mental errors are coaching. You need to make a coaching change. We'll get into this. I've come off the fire bill in season. He deserves more than that. The only nostalgia and the only legacy that I'll allow is for him not to get fired midseason. That's the only one. If he doesn't get fired midseason, I get to burn down his house on Man- Nantucket, okay? I need some satisfaction out of this bullshit, dude. Yeah, I don't know how you can keep rolling it out every single week and expecting something fucking different. It's a Washington fucking commander's dog. God. Somebody else talk. <laughs> I'm fucking sweating, dude. I wish I had a shirt on under the sweatshirt. I'm fucking dying right now. I have nothing. I have not. I have nothing else. I have not. I, I, I did it for 20 years. We were so good for 20 years. Okay. And I gave them, I gave them the Cam Newton year. It is a global pandemic. Everybody's having a bad day. I had a bad day. Bill has a bad day. That's fine. You bring in the most washed up court, petrified, washed up, sea glass, adrift. He was washed. Then you draft a young quarterback with him. 15th overall pick. You're forced to draft a young quarterback with a 15th overall. You spend a hundred million dollars in free agency. You go 10 and seven. You get absolutely obliterated in the playoffs. Okay. We're not losing anymore. We're going to be, we're going to be okay. Maybe we can pop somebody in divisional round. Nope. Nope. Fuck you. Fuck your offensive coordinator. Fuck your skill position players. How's Joe judge for you? Matt Patricia. Here's a clipboard. Okay. All right. All right. All right, we had one season of nepotism. He brought all his boys back. He obviously saw that didn't work, right? Obviously saw that. He saw it didn't work. He's going to change. 
He's going to change. He's going to bring back Jacoby Myers because that's our security blanket. He's going to go get Bill O'Brien, put him in the OC role. He's going to he's going to change shit. He's going to make sure that we're all in the right place at the right time. We're, we're using a modern system. Okay, great, great. They signed who? Juju? What? And then, and then... More, 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 more. We have no right tackle. Not a single right tackle on the roster. The two right tackles on the roster right now spent less than half of the preseason with the team. It's it's unbelievable. The asset mismanagement. There's no the, – how much leeway do you give somebody like this? You had 18 years of success. I get that. But three years going on four years in a row of, of an unmitigated disaster. You let the number one quarterback ever, the best player in the game, walk out. No contingency plan. It's just gotten worse from there. It's just – I don't know how it gets worse from letting the best player in the sport leave. But with no plan to be, with no plan to, to to replace him, but somehow it's gotten worse. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. These are all smart men. Kraft is a smart man. Belichick is a smart man. How how am I? How how do I have a more holistic picture of what needs to happen for this team? Sitting from my fucking couch. You're on the sidelines, dude. You're talking to these players. They're fucking ignoring you. You're sitting players like Jack Jones and J.C. Jackson in the first quarter for what? For what? What did they do? What did they do? They said maybe this is a better idea than that in a meeting and your son got pissed off because he's insecure because the only reason he is where he is is because he's a nepotism baby? God. God, I wish my dad was the coach of the Patriots. Fuck. We'd be way worse, though. Anyway. <laughs> I love how you just came from 200% down to normal talk. Yeah, I got to start my next beer. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I honestly just don't know how to handle it. You know what I mean? That's part of what it is. It, part yeah. of it is, is like, what the, what the, and what the hell is going on? You know, when the, you know, you know, when the, you know, when you have, a, obviously, Burris, you know, I'm not done yet. I ain't done. You, Burris, you've had, you've had a couple of these guys. You know, when you have a kid and they take him to their first swimming lesson and the lady's just like, oh, hey, no, and just tosses, tosses the kid in the pool, mm -hmm. right? And then there's all the kids like, whoa, like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? That's the same thing, dude. It's the same exact thing. They have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I am that baby who just that newborn child who was just hucked into the deep end. That is me, and that deep end is this Patriots season where we suck. We are the worst the worst team. Patriots are the worst team in the AFC. They're the worst team in the AFC. It's I don't even fuck, man. It's 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 I don't even know what to do. Like the only reason I have cable is to is to watch the Patriots on Sunday. I have the basketball package. I pay for that one. I pay for that one. I don't have I don't have, I I have cable to watch football, to watch the Patriots. And every day I turn it on, Bill Belichick gets on the screen, pulls down his pants, pulls apart his ass cheeks, and he farts right in my face. At 1 p.m. every Sunday, he farts right in my face. Tells me to go fuck myself. I don't even I don't even know how to follow this up. I don't even know how to. I don't even know if it's worth me following this up right now. That was that was that was an all time rant right there. We should be famous for that rant, right? Right. I should Dude. never be famous. I'll agree with that. Dude, this team does suck. I'll agree with you there. They're absolutely, <laughs> they're absolutely brutal. They're brutal. Juju Smith-Schuster had a pretty good day though. Six receptions, fifty-one yards. That's a pretty good day. 
What are we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing? We're playing about six percent of yards. What are we doing? Let me I'm finish. sorry. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You, you, you would have. That would have been great. That would have been great if you'd let me finish because you would have had an absolute opportunity right here. He had six receptions on seven targets. Six receptions on seven targets is pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. It's a pretty good day for your number two receiver, right? For that one yeah, target. That's, that a one good, target. that's a good point. That that's one good target. Point. That one target. That one target he dropped. End of the game. I'm I'm sorry. I, that was a great throw by Mac. That was a great throw by Mac there. Mac, this was not Mac's best day. I think we can agree to that. I mean, he yeah. missed a bunch of open receivers in this game that were just absolutely like over, like Tyquan Thornton running across the middle with three steps on the guy behind him. Oh, or the Rodgers, like four yards. Yeah, or the Stevenson one in the early in the fourth quarter where he's like off his back foot. Just, yeah, and he underthrows it, picked off. Like, and I don't think it was picked off, but it was it was underthrown by away. a mile. Yeah. It was underthrown by a mile where Stevenson was running free for a touchdown if he was a better throw. Mac Jones is not the guy. I'm sick and tired of watching him play every week. And then seeing him freak out after that Tyquan Thornton play, I dude, I, I'm so out on this guy. And it's it's not his fault. I won't say it's not all his fault, but he's not helping the problem. He's not a guy, he's not a guy that's gonna sit there and elevate the guys that are around him. It's obvious that the team is deficient at the skill positions. I think I think we can agree there that they did not do enough to address that that need this offseason. But my God, like elevate your guys. We and again, we had we had Tom Brady here. So I mean this this opinion here is going to be skewed. But like good and elite quarterbacks, we see it with Patrick Mahomes playing with what he's got in Kansas City. Great quarterbacks elevate the guys that are around him. Mac Jones is not doing that. He's not good enough to do that. He doesn't have enough talent to do it. I want I I want Will Greer to play this season now. I I want to see if they have anything in him based on what we saw in the preseason. I want to see if there's anything there. Anything there that we can move forward where maybe and again, I may be getting ahead of myself when I'm talking about it, but he's a guy that could be a bridge kind of guy if he can be competent playing. Make the right decisions. He's got arm strength. He's got the if he's got the ability to make the right decision, the right read then it's all there. If you watch that last play on that last throw to, to Juju, the Patriots needed what, like 15 yards to get in the field goal range to tie this game to force overtime at the end? Why is, is Mac staring down Juju over the middle, throwing a ball that's in a tight window? Granted, it was a good throw. I'm not going to take anything away from that. I'm not going to blame him 100% for this because Juju needs to make that catch. But why, why, are we, why, is, that the, why is that the read? Why isn't there something that's high percentage, a short pass that's going to get you five, six yards, get out of bounds. They had timeouts. They had a full complement of downs. It was first down when they made that play. Why? Why? Why does that have to be the read? I don't know if that's on Billy O or if that's on, just on Mac focusing in on one guy at that point. But, like, my God, make, make, make a high percentage throw there. And it's clear that the, the, the big thing that Mac was – was touted on when he came out was his decision making and his intangibles. It's not there, and whether you could, the argument can be for another day. Whether it's the Patriots ruined him or he just is just doesn't really have what they said that he had when he came out of school. But it's time for a change there. You want to talk about the coach? Let him. He definitely gets the rest of the season. He's not going to get fired in season. I don't care what any reports come out from from that clown down at the Boston Globe. I don't buy into that. Like. That guy, that guy cites Facebook messages as sources. All right, Poland is Poland, fucking douche. He, he sucks. All right, 
Mike Reese giving some merit to it a little bit on Toucher and Rich this morning. Eh, maybe you buy into that. Mike Reese is a trusted guy. I trust anything that he says that comes out of that locker room any day of the week. I know. Guy, I agree with what you said. What when you said in the group that he what he said wasn't like substantial. I like substantiate. Like there wasn't a lot of meat to what he said. I totally agree. But him even insinuating what he insinuated was kind of jarring coming from a reporter like him. Well, you hear it. I mean, it's not something that we've we've heard here, you know, since we were freaking little kids running around. Like, it's 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 this all uncharted territory for us that are now in our, you know, approaching thirty, Joe, or in our mid thirties, like me. Like, this is all unprecedented. All unprecedented. Enough day. <laughs> hey, listen, you could be me almost thirty five. All right, just remember that. It's all unprecedented. Bill gets the rest of the season. Bill is going to be the coach next year. I'm going to say it right now. He's going to be the coach. I know it's going to pain you. It, it kills you right now to hear to hear that. But he's going to be the coach. I am going down with him. I will go down with him the rest of the way. I would have gone down with him and Brady. And like I said in our group chat, when Brady's 50 and Bill's 80 out there playing, going 0-16, I'd go down with it. Legacy means a lot to me. And nostalgia means a lot to me. I know it means nothing to you. We had this huge debate, Kojak, in our group chat. With us going back and forth, it's like, oh, save it for the pod, save it for the pod. No, we had to get that out. I think we had to get that out ahead of time. Before. For sure, for sure. But, but you know, <clears throat> I am 100% in the camp that Bill is pushing 72 years old. He is not the same guy he was. Coaches, coaches decline like players decline, obviously, at an older age because it's no physical being. If Bill Belichick was playing football right now, he'd, he'd be dead. Let's be real. But he's going to be the coach. He still can be that CEO type role as the coach. But I liked what you said about Andy Reid. I want to see Bill take that role. Bill, let me coach. Let me be the guy that runs the sidelines every day and let somebody else pick the groceries if we're going to cite Bill Parcells from the mid-90s. If Bill doesn't want to accept that, I'm with you 100%. Get him out. It's time. Move on. But I want Bill as my coach, head coach, head coach all day. And I will go down with that. And it's going to pain you because I'm going to go back and forth with you all day on it. I'm going to go down with it. I still think he's got he's got that knowledge. He's got that base. Why doesn't he use it? I, good question. Good question. He needs He needs help. He needs help. And he needs somebody else to help him. He needs somebody else to pick the players, it's clear, and I think it's been clear for a while now, even when Brady was here, that he needs help. He needs help. He needs to be completely talent. removed from the offensive side of the football. He I'm needs to be completely the completely removed from Done. any but any kind of but that's not how head coaches work, dude. That's I don't even I don't even know how to quantify how my brain feels right now because it, it just feels like there's static and there's just and there's just so much static, and it's just so loud because of how angry I am. Dude, you can't – you you need to do a complete break. And the 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 the, the shortest the, – the closest thing that I will take to what we have now is firing everybody with the last name Belichick and turning it over to Mayo. I don't like the whole Mayo – I just hold on. I don't like the whole Mayo and Vrabel thing. I don't. I would rather go to McDaniel's staff and go grab a young staffer from McDaniel's staff. I would rather go to Shanahan's staff and grab a young offensive staffer from McD from um, 
from Shanahan's staff. You see, dude, your model should be the Texans. Everybody mocked me. You should be the Texans. D'Amico Ryans, a.k.a. Gerard Mayo. You go get a Shanahan, a modern offense disciple. You draft a quarterback and you just go from there. You just go from there. That's it. That's it. You can't. There's no, it's not, there's no like, there's no like sell the team. There's no, there's no, no, it's just you, you, you have to move on from Bill. And I've moved, I, I think that we can all grow as people. I think we've all grown as people here. I think we're pretty empathetic guys. I think uh, as a podcast, this is what we call a trust circle. And I think that we all have our, um, our best uh, interest at heart. Um, but that being said, I have come off of Bill being fired in season. But that's straight, strictly legacy. That's strictly, that's strictly like thank you for your service. Thank you so much for the six Super Bowls. That's not. Thank you so much. Let, let me lose that's out. Not, let me lose that. Yeah, thank it, you like, so much. If we go two and fifteen with Bill, they turn it over to Mayo, and we draft Drake May with a third overall pick. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. My thing is, is you have to pick a direction. Going down with the ship with Bill. Go, you go down with the ship with Bill, and then the 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 depths that you get to and how like long it takes to get back becomes longer. But you, you that's what I'm trying to safeguard against. You want to talk about the Houston Texans? That's a team that's picked high in the draft multiple times in the past five six years. They've been high in the draft since basically since Billy O left. Like they've been a bad bad team, and they've had multiple high draft picks. The Patriots have been a mid midler the past few years, and they've been obviously what they've been for the last 20 years. That doesn't get fixed overnight, no matter who the coach is. But why But why do you want a guy that has been on Bill Belichick's staff, playing for Bill Belichick, to be the next guy if you really want a clean break? If you want a clean break, you clean house completely, you suck for another three or four years, and then you talk about the ascension. You got to move. If you want a clean break, you have to get rid of everybody. No, no Mike Vrabel, no Gerard Mayo, no Josh McDaniels, none of that. You want to get completely, you got to completely separate yourself from that. And that that is the only way that I would be okay with Bill going. If they if they fire Bill and they bring in they bring in Gerard Mayo. And then you still have, you know, a bunch of the defensive coaches. You have Billy O'Brien as the offensive. You're doing the same damn thing. You're doing the same damn thing. And I think we've seen there's been enough of a track record of Belichick's disciples that have gone on to be head coaches in other, other, other teams. They've all failed. The one that had the most success was Billy O in Houston. He took them to the playoffs a bunch. They were competitive. They were, they were, you know, there were some times where they were among the, the league's best at the end of the regular season and failed in the playoffs, but he's the only one that actually had any kind of success once he left here. So if you want to fire Bill and you really want to do the whole thing where you want to tear it down and start over again, you need to get rid of everybody. And I don't care if it means sucking for another three or four years before before it starts turning around, but that's that's the only way. That's the only way that you're actually going to completely – Get rid of the taste of of what this this has been, you know, the past year, year and a half, two years. That's the only I'll, way. I'll suck whatever for the Pats to be good again. But um, pause. 
<laughs> uh, do some slamming this weekend. Um, yeah, the only other thing I want to say is the only other name I have for uh, besides like the only other person that I want to throw their hat in the ring for um, the Patriots next head coach would be Ryan Day from Ohio State. New Hampshire guy. Ryan New Hampshire. Yeah, I know it's a cliche pick, but I like it. Their offense is always fucking good. They just have a lot. They had Alave, Smith, and Jigba. Now they have Marvin Harrison Jr. They had CJ Stroud. I think they're. I think he can. I think. I think identifying offensive talent might be a little harder going from high school to college than it is going from college to the pros right now. So I'd like to give him a shot. Yeah, um, I'm a little nervous about, about about the college ranks coming into the NFL as my guy. There's been a lot of failures. I would rather that than a retread. I would rather Ryan Day than Mayo or Vrabel, I'll tell you that. Sure. I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day with you. Oh, guys. We agreed. We agreed. Finally, Kojak, mark it down. We agreed. You hear that? 43-48. Just put a big heart around it. <laughs> nice speaking picture. of it, speaking of a podcast of brotherly love, let's uh let's jump into this uh Cowboys Philly game. Let's do it. Um, take it away. Yeah, I think uh we always talk about I think we always talk about like when we talk about a game like this, who does it mean more about? And I was thinking about every time, every time I write a, every time I write like an agenda down and we write the, we, we write the games out. I always, that's my, literally, that's my first thing I think of is who does this say more about? Who's my analysis kind of say more about? And I had a really, really, really tough time with this game. I had a really, really tough time with this game. And I came to the fact that I think this says more about Philly. I think Philly just did what they had to do to win. I think this is a classic divisional tight game, midseason tight game. Uh, I think this was the Fox game of the week, if I don't. I think this was a nationally televised mm-hmm. game. So um, I think Jalen Hurts played really well situationally I think he played really well besides that last drive when they only took like I think it was 20 seconds off the clock or something like that and ended up giving Dallas the ball back but regardless I think uh they got a little bit lucky they lost I think they fumbled three times and didn't lose it once I think something like that maybe fumbled twice they fumbled four times four times wow three yeah, times so three they, times sorry three times sorry yeah, you're right, that's what you're I right. Thought. they they fumbled three times but didn't lose one right they did not lose one. They did. They did yeah. recover a fumble from from Dallas. Exactly. Yeah. So they recovered. I think it was a CD Lamb attempted lateral yep. on like one of the last plays or something like that. But anyway, I dude, this is a fun game to watch. I had money on this game. That's obviously why I was watching it. But um, yeah, I think that like we like we always talk about. I think this says a little bit more about Philly than it does Dallas. I don't think this says Dallas sucks, but I just think this is the classic Dallas game where just. Fucking Dallas shit happens. I think the officiating was in. I think the this is a perfect time to bring up your favorite topic, which is officiating. I think that goal line, the goal line touchdown that was not for for Dallas was pretty fucking pretty fucking bad. Hunter Henry against uh, against Minnesota esque. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, I think this says more about Philly. They Hertz was efficient passing and running the ball. Um, they have a very balanced attack through the air. Um, and I forget, I think it was Orlovsky saying, he's like, we need to stop talking. We need to stop talking about Philly as a running team. We need to stop talking about him as a passing team. He's right, dude. I know that I think AJ Brown, I'm going off memory. I think AJ Brown had six receptions. Devontae Smith had five or six, but it's like, dude, you have two top 10, top 15 wide receivers with like an above average quarterback. 
who's also a dual threat, like that's a recipe for success. And I think even though how much of a jack wagon Sirianni could be, I think they got them playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't catch any of this game. I'll be honest with you. After the Patriots lost, I was like, all right, I'm not going to watch football. I'm going to pay attention to my kids. <laughs> I need to decompress from Look how from beautiful life is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I, need, I needed something positive in my life. But, no, I think, I, I, you know, Philly's a team this year that they're finding ways to win when they're not always doing their their best. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's Jalen Hurts was absolutely efficient in this game. I mean, he only had 207 yards passing, but he only threw six incompletions, not to mention his 10 carries. So there's definitely a um a efficiency, you know, aspect to what they're doing on offense. Obviously, their tush push is something that I don't want to even get into at this point. But Dak Prescott had himself a day in this game, too. Three 374, three touchdowns. Uh that's usually a recipe for success, but it's usually not when 191 of those yards go to one guy and on 11 on 11 receptions that's that that, that can be a problem he was cd lamb was targeted 16 times in this game too so the, i don't want to say they're becoming one dimensional they're, they're they're giving that off but i mean the numbers don't lie here they didn't really run the ball all that all that much and all that well with tony pollard here in, in this game he did average over four yards a carry which is great but he only had to carry the ball 12 times so there's definitely something there with Dallas, which is like the, the, the typical typical thing you see about Dallas. They always they always have I don't want to say the most talent, but they always are a talented group on both sides of the ball, and they always find a way to screw it up. And it's just a Dallas thing. Philly Philly to me just just doesn't seem to be a team that that really wants to or it really scares me when it comes down to you know the Super Bowl or in the playoffs. I mean, they may get there, but they're, they don't, they don't strike me as a team that can, can complete it playing against a team. We'll say like Kansas city or, or, or like that, you know, in, in, in the Super Bowl as, as we saw last year, it just, they, they, they're good enough. They got a lot of talent. They find ways to win games. They're, they're, they're always winning. They're going to stack up those wins, but at the same time, they're not a team for me that really, really scares me. They wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl last year if Brock Purdy wasn't throwing with in, in your in, in his arm. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So they're not they're, they're not doing well, uh, but they they do have an eight eight and one record. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with them going down the stretch here. I expect them to be in the uh, in the <laughs> in the in the dish there. You know, come Super Bowl time, but you know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens with them, Kojak. You got any thoughts on uh, on on that game that, that that happened there? I actually didn't get to watch it either. No, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I... Go did ahead. my did my audio come back? It did. Oh, this is the BTP difference, dude. This is the BTP difference. I'm just screaming at my wife from a different room because I forgot to plug her headphones in. Like I'm just a jackass, dude. But um. Dude, uh, the only time, the only every, the whole fucking, the whole, <laughs> did you that really the the? No, that's too funny. There's gonna uh, be some editing for you, Kojak. I was just gonna say, I'm like, we're getting our money's worth out of Kojak this fucking week. But um, I'm getting paid. The only thing I can think about, the only thing I could. Go no. ahead. The only thing I could think about was how horribly they mismanaged 
their assets, dude. They had Zeke and Amari Cooper. And Kojak, did you get what's the return on the Mar- Amari Cooper trade, dude? Wasn't it like a second row, one second round pick, or something crazy like cheap like that? Like, dude, they they're 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 feeding the ball to CD Lamb. He has sixteen targets, and in the last three seasons, they let Amari Cooper and dude. and. It wasn't. It wasn't even a second round pick, dude. They got two fifth round picks. It was two fifth round picks in a swap. Are you fucking? Round. Imagine having Amari Cooper as your second receiver on that team right now. I just like I don't get it, dude. Like he uh, he might be getting paid, dude. But we've seen, dude. You can maneuver cap space and in, in cap dollars in many different ways, dude. I would have. I don't know. I would have. I would have. I think that. I think. It, Chuck's opposing it to the other side of the field where you have Philly who has two like very above average, one top five, top three, and one top 15, top 10 wide receiver. I think that like that recipe f- could work for Dallas as well. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I've never understood that trade. I never fucking understood two fifth, two fifth round picks. Are we yeah. serious? Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Tyreek just went for two first. I know that Amari Cooper is nowhere near Tyreek, but dude, yeah. if, I mean, as a Patriots fan, as a fan with depleted skill position players, I mean, a first-round pick for Amari Cooper sounds like a fucking steal right now. I mean, can we can we can we talk about Brandon Cooks? Like, he should be an absolutely solid number two in this in this offense. And and for some reason, he's not whether he's not getting the looks or he's just not the same player. But he had one reception for seven yards in this game. I expected Brandon Cooks to be one of those guys that was going to be one of the bargain bin auction fantasy football players. Like he's, he's going into a loaded offense with a ton of talent and he's going to get his looks and he's going to, and he's going to, he's going to make it work. And it, it didn't, it didn't happen. It's not happening. And for some reason he's a ghost. I don't understand why, but he, but he is, he should be, he should easily be able to fill that Amari Cooper type role despite that trade and all that, whether they undersold on him, you know, whatever they, they were, they had cap problems across the board when they made that trade. So that's why the price was so low. Brandon cook should be able to fill that void. And for some reason, he's not, he's not at this point. He was effective in Houston. He was effective in LA when he was there. He was effective here in new England when he was there. And he was, he's been, he was a great player with new Orleans before the Patriots got him. So I don't know what's going on with him, but he should be absolutely able to fill that role. Wasn't he traded for a first round pick like three separate times? Pat's traded a first round pick for him and then got a first round pick for him. And then didn't he go for another first round uh, pick after that? I don't think he went for a first round pick to Houston because that was in the aftermath. Yeah, um, yeah, of, no, of, of the, the DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah, if they traded DeAndre Hopkins for a second and traded a first <laughs> for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I would have burnt down that fucking stadium. Right. They got, they got a, uh, he was actually a bargain bid pickup for the, uh, Nope, that's the Texans trade. The Tex, I'm sorry, the Dallas trade. He went for a fifth round pick. Fifth, fifth and yeah. a sixth, fifth and a sixth. So well, you could give up two fifths and get Amari Cooper. Yeah. So and maybe the <laughs> maybe the Cowboys are, are are starting to to regret that a little bit. Want to move on to the next game? This next game was a good was a good one was a good Fuck one yeah. for us. Fuck it yeah. It was it was Seattle at Baltimore. And Seattle's been a team this year that's that's shown some glimpses with Geno Smith at quarterback. They they've shown some glimpses with Pete Carroll there, still as a head coach. But boy, they didn't show anything in this one. They lose thirty-seven to three to Baltimore. Uh, I personally didn't see this one coming. I didn't see this one coming, at least to be like this much of a blowout. Joe, I'll pass it over to you because you you did see it coming. So what do you what are your thoughts on this game? 
sometimes you just have that random game like once every couple years where you're just like, yeah, this is I have this game pegged and nobody else does. I don't I don't know why. I don't know why. You can just sometimes you can just see it. I don't know if it's Baltimore. I don't know if it's running teams, but they just get in these like, dude, you used to see it with the tractor Cedo season with the with the Titans. Eventually, eventually, um people just wanna don't want to play you because it's the middle of the season. They're probably not going. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, or if they do make the playoffs, they're probably not going to go too far. A bunch of what we call business decisions get made every weekend. So I think that, I mean, Keaton Mitchell had nine nine carries for 138 yards. He's averaging 15 yards a touch. Like, I know a lot of that. I know like almost half of that came on one carry, but still, I think when you get offensive linemen confident and going downhill every week. Coupled that with a team that could not sustain a drive, you get just an absolute rolling. Dude, Baltimore rushed for 300 yards, 298 yards of rushing. They had three people with more than 50 yards. They had four people with more than 40 yards. And they had three pe- they had two separate ball carriers that averaged over 10 yards a touch. And that both of them had more than five touches. That's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. That's insane. And I saw this tweet that was pretty basically like, dude, I look at Baltimore every week and they're killing their opponent. And then I look at my fantasy and Lamar has eight fantasy points. Dude, that's their recipe, dude. 10, 10 carries for 60 yards. I think he actually got t- tackled maybe three times. And then he, he's super efficient through the air. 21 of 26 for 190 yards with a QB rating of 97. Like that's their recipe. That's their recipe. Like people are – like I don't know how you could be anything but happy as a Baltimore Ravens fan. Even I mean, you had you had fucking Odell after throwing a hissy fit catches a touchdown pass, and the whole stadium would do that. I think they were up by thirty, and the whole stadium went fucking crazy for the dude. So I think Baltimore's got a good thing going on there. I think they're going to start creeping into my dark horse and end of the year category. Um, I really want to see Lamar like have a fourth quarter where he's like coming back from two scores, mm-hmm. like 10 for 10, two touchdowns, coming back from 13, like something something like that. But I don't know. It's they, – they, dude, they're rolling right now. And three, 298 yards on seven, seven yards of attempt is nothing to shake a stick at. Nope, that's absolutely Baltimore's recipe for success. It's been that way since Lamar took over as the quarterback there is they want to be a run-first team and they want to be able I, to I, – I, I, Go ahead. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this shit was muted. <laughs> Earning your money yourself there. 57 minutes. Just cut out 30 oh seconds of it. Oh, my God. I'm just going to start with my thoughts here. And when I start with my thoughts is where you tie it back in, all right? <laughs> I might keep it in, bugger. Right? Oh, I'm no, no, it, it, it's... It's Baltimore's. It's definitely their recipe for success. I, 298 yards on the ground is unheard of in in a game, especially in today's NFL. Like they, they they're clearly rolling. You know, you got a tight end like Mark Andrews, one of the best in the league out there catching balls. You got Odell. Zay Flowers only had one reception in this game. He's been one of the the highly touted rookies this year, <laughs> and. Yeah, they're definitely rolling. They seem to find ways to win games, and this was an absolute blowout. And 
if Lamar can keep putting these these stats together where he's that efficient throwing the ball, look out for this team, man. Look, look out for this team. They're they're their team. I hate. I don't like Baltimore. I've never liked what? Baltimore. I've never liked them. Dude, I love Lamar, dude. I've never liked this team. I don't like, you know, John Harbour's a great coach, and maybe that's why I hate him, but, like, I've just never liked and never liked playing them as a Patriots fan. They've always played, like, these in big moments, and, you know, I'm I'm going back a bit. I'm going back a little bit pre-Lamar here, but, like, they're just a team that, like, I love to hate on. Like during Lamar Lamar Jackson's MVP season when he was running all over it, dude, I was just like, dude, just wait. Somebody's gonna lay a hit on this dude, and he's gonna learn not to do that. And maybe, maybe if he gets to be this efficient throwing the ball, he's not gonna have to rely on his legs as much. Oh, I mean, shit, only yeah. only running the ball ten times. I mean, he granted he one of those carries was for twenty three yards. So like nine of them went for forty. So like that's not that's like a running back stat, a good running back day stat. So. If he can continue to throw the ball efficiently and develop his game, because you know, as these guys get older, they're not going to be able to run as effectively as they've as they've done when they were, you know, when they were in their rookie year or young younger years of their career. If he's one of those guys that can kind of adapt his game, maybe maybe this team has really got something, and they they made the right decision to finally decide to pay him. I also think that he is very good if not one of the best at not getting lit up and not getting hit. I think he's very, I think that kind of, I hope, hopefully that'll kind of like carry him like into the later stages of his career, hopefully. Um, but anyway, yeah, you, um, look, you, you look, you look at, you look at like the way Lamar runs and then the way Josh Allen runs. They're oh, two yeah, different. Exactly. They're two exactly. different. Lamar exactly. Jackson preserves himself. Josh Allen's like, I'm going to take the hit. Obviously different yeah. builds for quarterbacks, but you, you get you get you get where I'm going with it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, let's stick a little bit with the Baltimore talk here, and let's move into our picks from last week. Um, we did have a good week. We had a decent week last week. Uh, Burge, how's your lower back doing? We were uh, we were all nestled up out back there while you were carrying a us. Little over sore, the a little sore, a little sore, little <laughs> sore. I'll right, get over so, it. So we did have a pretty good week. Um, I myself uh, was uh, my only hit last week was our lock, which was Baltimore minus five and a half. Uh, two losses on the docket were uh, the KC Miami over 50 and a half, which is actually ended up being a really good number. If you looked at kickoff, it was around 51 and a half, mm-hmm. 52. So good number, bad bet, bad gambler. Um, and then Atlanta <laughs> minus four and a half. The dude didn't know the playbook and you lost to him. Arthur Smith. You Nepo baby, go be a tech bro. Go get a yacht from your dad and stop fucking with my bankroll on DraftKings. Thank you. Anyway, going back to our stalwart here, uh, Berg, uh carried us for the week. He went 3-0, and starting with uh, New England-Washington under 41. That was, that was an unbelievable fourth quarter of mixed emotions for the BTP boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Cincinnati minus two, which is an easy early win, set us off on a good foot. And uh, Cincinnati two and a half, minus two and a half was his lock. We know that Cincinnati ended up covering there. Um, fuck Buffalo. Then we, get, then we get to the third member of the podcast. Man, fuck you, George Pickens. I'm so sick and tired of shit. Wait, did Tyreek score or? 
Fuck you, Tyreek. <laughs> so sick of Tyreek. I will shit. say, I will say the George the George Pickens not getting a second foot down is some all time bad beat shit. Like <laughs> if Tyreek scored, it would have been way better. Like I wish Tyreek scored. You know what I mean? Like so I wish well, I wish Burr still covered the two from KC, but Tyreek scored. That's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> But you got another, you got another one cooked up for us, Kojak. See, I just really like these props and these player props. Love it. And like, it's too fucking early in the week. <laughs> Nothing's out. I can't do anything besides anytime TDs. And peep, peep the peep the Twitter account. We'll throw it out there if you really want to you... see what Josh Dobbs over under total yards is. Okay, total like passing yard, passing in rushing combined or just passing? Just passing. Okay, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I like that. I like I it. Coach just was... like Josh Jobs overpassing yards, whatever the fucking number is. Slam it. <laughs> let's well, let's, see, I'll, let's uh, see where I'll, it I'll, is. I'll, I'm gonna throw it to Barry's to give his picks. So you've got like five minutes to figure something the fuck out. I just told you <laughs> nothing's gonna be figured the fuck out. I can't look at anything. It's Tuesday, but every single game has a line. Pick a game. We'll pick a game. You might, you might have to be a big boy and pick a spread. Bro. I just don't like spreads, and and I just I don't know. It's not my. You don't like getting spread. Pause. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bird. Give me some fucking picks for this week. Let's uh, start with the ones you like, and then give me a lock to end it up. All right, all right. So the first game I'm going to go with is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus one against the Tennessee Titans. Buccaneers are at home. Titans are dead. The Titans are a team. Will Levis, I think we uh, we talked about this right before we oh, got on shit. recording. He's been named the starting quarterback the rest of the year for, for the Tennessee Titans. Um, their team that, you know, they, they gave the Steelers a run for the money on Thursday night football, ended up taking the loss. I, I have no faith in what they're doing. I, I don't. The Buccaneers at times this year, I know their record doesn't, doesn't reflect it, but they have looked competent playing and the offensive side of things has looked really good. They're they, put up, as hell. they put up 37 points this week against Houston and they lost on the road. I don't foresee that being a problem against Tennessee. I, I think that Baker Mayfield has, has been actually a really, really good signing and maybe had a little bit of a career rejuvenation with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously they have a lot of talent, you know, on the offensive side, you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got Rashad White in the backfield. They still have a lot of talent there. I like them to, to you know, go on the road in, into Tennessee. Or actually, I'm sorry, they're at home against Tennessee. They're only down one point. You're talking less than a coin flip, you know, if you're a gambler, less than a coin Basically flip. A pick them at that point. Yeah, it's a pick them game. I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to to, to easily win this game. Um, so that's that's my first that's my first pick of the week. Real my quick second, though, real yeah. quick though, you were talking about the Texans, CJ Stroud, dog. Oh, we're gonna hit on this. <laughs> 14, 14 touchdowns, one interception. The oh BTP favorite. He's the BTP oh, favorite right now. We love CJ Stroud. Is a, this is a pro CJ Stroud podcast. This is a Stroud is proud, bro. We are Stroud boys. He's we got are a celebration. Hard- we are hard, hardcore Stroud boys. We might go storm. We might go storm the NFL capital as Stroud boys. Okay. <laughs> there might be a Tex erection. It might be a Texan erection up in this up in this bitch. Okay? I like it. I like it. I like it. 
Uh, I'll move on to my second pick after that. Falcons minus one. Falcons minus one this week. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals on the road. Your turn to get fucked. Dude, I might I might might eat it. Kyler Murray might make his put return into this game here. I, I no, still don't. came out last week. You're fine. Uh, exactly. I'm, I, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals are an absolute dumpster fire. The Falcons, as we, we talked about earlier about Arthur Smith with uh, Joe here, losing to the Minnesota Vikings on the road, still put up 28 points with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. They're just a team that I think another team that has looked really good at points this year and then really bad at points. But I don't think that this week, I think coming off a loss, I think that they're going to be able to, you know, cover that, that one point win outright against a bad team. The Cardinals are a bad team. They're clearly trying to, I don't want to say they're trying to tank, but like they're, they're clearly not trying to win. So yeah, I, I, I really, I really like them there. My lock for the week I'm gonna I'm gonna back up my my boys out there in the uh, in Santa Clara, the San Francisco 49ers. They are currently minus three at time of recording, going into Jacksonville to play Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 49ers are coming off a three-game skid. The bye week for them could not have come at a better time. I like it. Like Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, CMC, Debo Samuel is going to play this week. He's already been practicing. I like them to right the ship and be that team that I talked about last week to be right there at the end, right there at the end in the Super Bowl. I, I, this is a, a get right moment for this team. They have a lot to play for. And Jacksonville, Jacksonville's a team too to be a little bit worried about. You know, they're a team that's been really good this year. But at times have looked off. I think that I, I just I I really like what the 49ers have talent wise. They did just add Chase Young too to that defense. I was just gonna say that. They did have the bye week. I got a week I, off I, to get him acclimated. Yeah. Absolutely. This is this is a this is a get right week for the San Francisco 49ers, the team that a lot of people preseason were saying is gonna go the distance. So give them to me minus three on the road in Jacksonville. Slam the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, we slam the Bay. We slam oh, yeah. in the Bay a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, just a quick synopsis of the season before we go forward here. Um, right now we are 16-14-1 overall in the season. Uh, that's for weeks 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. Uh Six and three on our locks. So if anything here, we don't hit every week, but the locks seem to be hitting at a much higher uh, clip than the rest of our picks. I'm just going to jump into my picks real quick here. Uh, Working backwards towards my lock, uh, I like Carolina plus four. Anytime you can get uh, a professional football team getting points playing the Chicago Bears, I think that's probably a pretty good reason right there to just just not ask any more questions and just slam the bet. Um, I think they got something figured out with their young quarterback and their pass catchers. I think at least they're going to be able to put up, put up points in this game. I think uh, I'm confident in this uh, in, in plus four, whether uh, Bajent or uh, field starts. So that's a good feeling to have there when you have a kind of a little bit of a quarterback. Uh, I don't want to call it controversy. I would say uh, shit pile. Um, next one I want to get onto here is, uh, 
Pittsburgh minus three. Um, I don't know why, but I, I just always have confidence in the Steelers. I have no clue what it is. I know that um, – so it's going to be Pittsburgh. Sorry. It's going to be Pittsburgh plus – no, they're minus three. They're minus three. Minus three. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh plus three. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh minus three. Uh, I don't believe in Cleveland. I think they're all over the place. They're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. They're up last week. I'm uh, considering them to be down this week. I think the even though that there's – it looks like everything's like ready to come apart at the seam in Pittsburgh. They still seem to be coming out with wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is the most physically gifted dude, but it seems like everyone on that team plays for him, and he has a little bit of that it factor where he just makes a fucking play. He just – oh, Jesus. He just makes a fucking play. He just makes a play. He'll make – I think he'll make a play uh, versus, uh, versus Cleveland, and I think that um, – I think that uh, – Pittsburgh will have no problem covering that spread there. They, 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 they've been finding ways to win games in weird ways. For this sure. year. So, uh, I don't want to say they're a team of destiny to make the playoffs, but like that team is definitely not a team that I would hitch my wagon to, every, you know, for a full season. But on a given week, Tomlin, Tomlin and that team seems to find a way to make it happen regardless of how bad it looks. Oh, they're playing – Pittsburgh's playing uh, uh, Green Bay. I don't know why I said Cleveland. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Pittsburgh playing Green Bay. Uh, Pittsburgh, Green like Bay's said, a mess. Green Bay's a mess. Green, too, so Green like, Bay's an absolute uh, – I mean, my fucking analysis still stands here. But Green Bay's an absolute mess. Uh, Pittsburgh is super – even though they're not the best team, I still think they're super consistent. Their defense is really good. I think a good front seven versus a young quarterback is going to be a recipe for disaster for uh, Green Bay. So I think three at home is a low number, especially at 1 o'clock when they feel like nobody's watching. Um, bring me over to my lock of the week here, which will be um, – Our favorite team. My guys. My fucking guys, bro. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens minus two versus uh, – why is it – dude, all of these lines just changed, dude. I got, I got two and a half. Like, you got two and a half right now? Yeah. Baltimore minus two and a half? No, you had Detroit, right? Oh, what am I doing here? Yeah, Detroit <laughs> minus two and a half. I'm sorry. I'm all <laughs> over the place right now. Frazzled yeah, from I the got, Belichick talk. Yeah, dude, no, my brain is just fried from being a fucking idiot. Uh, but yeah, I got Detroit minus two. I got Detroit minus two and a half. I think that um, I was gonna try to figure out any way to not bet Detroit in this game, but I just don't see it. I think Brandon Staley's a fucking idiot. I think moron. Tra- I think the Chargers played like absolute dog shit and beat the fucking. They had some dumbass stat like first team. The Jets are the first team ever to like. Force a turnover, let up less than 250 yards, and have five sacks and lose a game. Like, dog, what? Yeah. What? Like, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't think LA. I don't think LA is that good at all. I also think another good bet in this game would be the over. You can get it at 48 and a half at some places. I think that'd be kind of a easy number for these two teams, uh, even though it is kind of high. But yeah, lock me in. Uh, I have it at two here, but we can call it two and a half to for uh, for morality's sake. Um, so we'll call it uh, Detroit minus two and a half is my lock of the week. Love it, love it. Us here at the uh, at the BTB podcast are big, big fans of the Detroit Lions and what they're doing out there 
in Michigan this year. I, they're my team. I, my team sucks. We, we, we got into that quite a bit here. I am all aboard the Lions bandwagon. They may not be a team that I'm going to sit here and pick to win it all, but that's the team that I am absolutely rooting for to win, to win, uh, to win the Super Bowl. So, Kojak, you got anything for us here? Buddy, you. I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I really don't. I don't. It just doesn't make fucking sense in my mushy potato fucking brain. It just doesn't. I don't know. All right. So, so usually, so the home team will this. have the number. Let's do this. We'll have the number podcast. Don't put me on right. blast. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, Maybe. Kojak has uh, Barry Sanders anytime touchdown score plus nine. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Uh, so we put out <laughs> anytime touchdown. We put on. Uh, we put out our picks every Sunday morning. Uh, Fader slam. I'm sure we'll have Kojak's pick in there somewhere. We'll be keeping track of it to make sure we can uh, fuck with them. Um, I guess I'll take over for Barry here just because uh, I love the sound of my own voice right now. Um, I think this is a good place to what we call plug it up. I think we got some good picks, some good analysis this week. Um, I also think that we there's a really good slate of games this week. We say that every week because I fucking love football. But I think this week you have a couple different uh, types of scenarios here. You have some dumpster fires. You have some uh, pretty decent games. You have some games that uh, I want to see if Jacksonville uh, – I want to see if Jacksonville can kind of flip that flip that lock on your head. It's a big game. It's a big wow. game for yeah, I don't. I am not rooting. I am in no way rooting against you. I would never. I would never do. Oh wait, hold on, hold on a second. Let's talk about this ayahuasca hut. Did you see that video of Aaron Rodgers? I did. Three step, three did. step drop with a throw. Yeah. Have I you did. have you started researching where you're going? No, researching. Dude, I am going to write off doing drugs on my taxes. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a business expense i've been thinking about the there's fun. i have no dude the patriots aren't good you know what i mean so like that's out the window i there's no net i'm gonna become a better more empathetic person maybe a spirit animal maybe a spirit animal comes out of this like, you know what i mean so like there's there's so many positive outcomes for me going into a tp that is absolutely clam baked with ayahuasca smoke like I am so I am like I almost want to like just go do it preemptively. Like, oh, I have a free weekend. I'm just gonna go lose myself. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think dead ass Aaron Rodgers is gonna play this year. I think he's gonna fucking play. Yeah. Might be might be in time for the playoffs too, if the Jets find a way to make it there. I think he might play I think he might play week eighteen, dude. If they need him week eighteen, I think they might I think he might play, dude. That'd be unheard of for coming back from an injury like that. That'd be incredible. And I will be, I would, I, I want like a live stream of you in this hut. I want like a live stream on my phone so I can just watch you the whole. Oh, we better get some fucking sponsors because I'm losing my goddamn job. <laughs> I want to see it. I want I just want to have, I'll, I'll put a feed up in my TV in my bedroom is going to be a feed of you just sleeping weird. away. And, and it is, it's a little weird, but. Weird. But come on, you you don't want to see that this dude like just tripping out by himself like oh like I want right. to see that. And that's where we'll plug it up this week. Burge <laughs> wants to watch Joe sleep at night. Anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Joe. I'm your co-host here with Burge, the host of the uh, BTP podcast. Shout out to Kojak for producing and coming along with us. 
Uh, we also appreciate all the engagement on Twitter and all the uh, all the questions and shit that we get from everybody when we put our tweets out. Um, once again, this is Joe at the underscore Juicy Jew on Twitter. Uh, Burge is at Burge the goalie. And then we have at Brennan 13 Allen. Um, backwards. You got it backwards there. I got it. I got it backwards. Allen, Allen 13. 13 Brennan. Oh no. So he has it backwards. <laughs> yes. Okay. What's your, what's your and this fucking podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I'm never doing this again. I don't know why I took the reins here. This is like, this is like when you're like, like when you have a kid and he like wants to help, he's like, Hey dad, let me help with the lawn work. And then he runs you over with the lawnmower. This is yep. exactly Tears what the fuck just happened. Yeah. This is bad. Anyway. Love you guys. <laughs> Real quick before you plug it up. What the just fuck? Again, 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 <laughs> I'm going to, you missed you do missed it the, the right way. No, do you it the right way. Do it the right way. If you like hockey, check out the two pad stack podcast. I'm a host on that at two pad stack pod on the X machine. And if you want to buy tickets to a game, go on SeatGeek. We're uh, the two pad stack podcast is on SeatGeek. Use the code two, the number two pad stack pod you get twenty dollars off your first order so i want to i just want to plug that in there get it happen if you want to you want to you want to attend a a patriots game if you want to go suffer in person or if you want to attend a celtics (laughs) Celtics or a bruins game and be happy plug it up buy those tickets if you want to enjoy the buffalo bills losing use that code we'll be happy and i'll be happy when i watch them lose so just want to get that in there thanks guys have a good week. We'll get Kojak's pick out on the uh, on the Twitter machine ahead of the weeks and uh, slam us all week on the gambling picks. Oh, Have a good week, guys. Let's get slammed. <laughs>